Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lovanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. Score North and scorenorth.com. Now, Declan, just so you know, you know, Jeb was all hottie last week, right? He goes to training camp. Yep. He's out there and he's waiting for practice to start. And Kevin O'Connell comes walking by, comes just blows oh. off all the other media members, right? Yep. Comes walking yep. right up to Judd, dabs him up, makes a little right. comment about Judd's whatever. Notebook, shirt, I can't remember what he said. You guys no, had a show moment. Our show, he's like, are you tired of talking about the other sports? Yeah. And that's when I said they're all ancillary. You're where it's at, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin, oh, Kevin, Kevin, my love. Go by my love. <laughs> no, Kevin, let go, Joe, let go of my arm. Leave. I need to get to practice. Don't leave. Don't leave me. Well, KOC, uh, KOC cheated on you yesterday, Judd, just so you know. Old Macadac made his return to training camp, and KOC is, comes is, walking this, off the practice field. I didn't comes see walking, it didn't ar- Comes walking around, walking over, you know, <sighs> ig- ignores everybody else, ignores all the other media members, all the players, all the coaches. He had his eyes set on one of the top 15 football podcasts <laughs> in America, and he came he in for the dab, came right in for the dab. So he loves the show. Complimented so he, he, my white T-shirt. So he, so he basically is saying, I love your show. I get all my ideas from your show. Pretty much. Yeah, he said, uh, if you got some play ideas, why don't you uh, catch me after practice? All right, cool. Sounds Phil, good. I'm, not a, I'm not in Bachelor and Bachelorette anymore. I, I've, I've given up after the infamous Katie Thurston season. Yeah, but we're kind of out too. what was the, during the date, right, you get immunity. Would you also get a rose for that? Would you get the rose so. during the date? So you basically yeah. got a rose yesterday. It's the training camp equivalent. Judd and I both got a rose, and now yeah, it's a little a little rose. awkward, you know. But I got now the one for but but I got it first. So let's make no mistake there. It's, I was first. You don't want to start hot though, because then the you know <laughs> I just, was first. You, get the first you got the first, first impression the, yeah. rose. The first. I was first. <laughs> I'm Mark Horton. Well, it's gonna be awkward if they start like one and seven, and we have to savage our guy. But hopefully that doesn't that doesn't happen. Uh, this is, by the way, your home for daily Vikings entertainment, daily Vikings training camp updates. Judd's out there on a near daily basis. Uh, I'm sprinkling in starting yesterday, which means Judd's camp notes are going to be Phil's camp notes yeah, today. We're, we're mixing it up, Dex. We are. We're giving Judd kind of. This is like Judd's going to get like a day off of camp notes here, yeah. but you're but you're still in the building, like you know, overseeing some things. I did work to the side. Yeah, you shot. You got me some videos. We got them up on socials. Yep, they did well. Yeah. Yep. Well, now, I, now I feel I'm getting fo- I'm getting my millennial FOMO here. We can maybe get I you. have to go to maybe I should go to camp for the day now, dude. We can get you. I think you have to. You can't get a same day credential because they're super busy. Yeah. But you can get one for like tomorrow. Or right? The no, next no, I'm day. not saying today. I'm not going today. 
not going today. But okay. in general, I'm saying down. He'll the get past. He'll yeah, he'll yeah, get, get past, past this. No, He's not going. Don't we'll don't worry a, about we'll it. We'll put a note into our guy, a friend your of the guys. show, Kevin yeah. O'Connell. If you know if there's yeah. a problem. Uh, by the way, TCL is our TV here on Purple Daily. They make award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. TCL makes more than just TVs as well. They offer mobile products, audio devices, and home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. You can learn more at TCL.com. Inspire greatness with TCL. And a shout-out to our friends over at Federated. Federated's been around for over 100 years. They offer all sorts of expertise when it comes to risk management, protecting your business from things that could be harmful on the horizon. Uh, Federated, by the way, so they also, they do so much work to raise money for big brothers, big sisters in Minnesota. And uh, a couple weeks ago, they held their annual Federated Challenge over Sunday, Monday uh, at the end of July. And they helped raise over $4 million for the three chapters of big brothers, big sisters in Minnesota. So awesome work. And uh, if you're a business owner looking to uh, just maybe have a better partnership or a better insurance company, federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business, to protect yours. Are you guys ready? Get to it. Meat and potatoes. It's my first time at training camp. I went to every practice for like 12 years, and now I've – this is my first time in like five years. Train's coming through. We're so excited. The train is sounding here in SLP. I got the garbage man that's pulling up. Yep, we got all of the stuff happening oh, right now. Garbage, Someone was garbage sawing day. a sidewalk outside my studio here. Still? So they're literally like tearing, they're tearing stuff up. I think they're, they're realizing, oh, my God, it's August, and we still have 15 yeah. streets to tear up. So all right. let's make it happen. So, all right, Phil's camp notes here from Vikings practice yesterday. Let's get at the it. first one is not something that we observed necessarily. It's a report that came out while we were watching practice. That free agent guard, probably the top free agent guard on the market. It's not like there's a lot of available top free agents in August, but Dalton Reisner. Now, there's some controversy here on the show. I think it's Reisner. You're right. I, okay. I actually found the pronunciation when he came out of Kansas State. Reisner is correct. Okay. We've heard so of Reisner, it. but it's Reisner. Yep. Free agent guard Dalton Reisner reportedly in town for a visit. With the Vikings, so this is a, a six foot five, three hundred twenty pound, just absolute pile of a guard. But here's my question, and I did some digging on this because, like, why is a twenty six year old in his prime, coming off a rookie contract, guard just available? And I was told eh, there might be some reasons why you know, there's a reason why he's not in a camp right now that he's not a train wreck, but he's not like Joe Tooney or, you know, he's certainly not one of the elite guards in the NFL. So he's coming off his four-year rookie contract. Second round pick in 2019 was with the Broncos. He's played 3,700 career NFL snaps over four years. And from what I can tell, all of them came at left guard. Yes. So unless he's open to moving to, it would seem that right guard is more vulnerable because Ed Ingram was, maybe the worst right guard in the NFL, and he's a young player. Ezra Cleveland's a veteran who's on his last uh, last year of his rookie deal. But what do you make of this? Do you think, are they bringing him in to push Ezra Cleveland? This is very intriguing here. If And and keep in mind, the report is a visit, okay? So he could come here, and they're, they're like, ah, you're not that good. See a spy. But anyway, if this does go somewhere, so... Reisner in college, going back to his days at K-State, um, 
in college, he played center, I believe it was, as a redshirt freshman, and then moved to right tackle. And was prepared to play, it sounds like, tackle or guard when the Broncos took him. Mm-hmm. And you're right, though. Since he turned pro, he has been a left guard. So it's my personal opinion, unless there's a big surprise here, Ed Ingram is safe. Like, he's their draft pick. They played him all of last year. So, like, it seems odd that you would pull the plug now. Um, if you were going to pull the plug on good old Ed, I think it would have been back in March, right? Go sign a guy and be like, dude, it didn't work. But he's a second-round pick. So, like, that's a high draft pick to be- to bail on. And more importantly, he's Quasi and Kevin O'Connell's pick. Mm-hmm. So Cleveland makes more sense here. And, and there's a couple of things. Now, the the longest of long shots is that if they're not ha- happy with Ed Ingram, they could actually move Cleveland back to right guard because he played nine games there as a rookie before transitioning to left guard. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's the case. I think that's a long shot. I think what the case is here is a couple of things. One is... The quarterback documentary definitely showed us fans who aren't nearly as knowledgeable about interior line play. And we've never pretended to be like we can break down uh, guard play. That's for a guy like Alex Boone. But the quarterback documentary showed 72 picking up eight a lot. Hey, you're okay. Get up, guy. Get up. And I wonder if the Vikings have seen something now early in camp on Cleveland that they don't like. And the other thing is, Ezra Cleveland is going into the last year because he is a second-round pick, but he was a Spielman pick, and he was drafted out of college, much like Reisner as a tackle. And and Ezra is going into the last year of his contract because his contract, because he was not a first-rounder, was a four-year contract. The word on the street from what I've heard in doing some some sleuthing is that Ezra Cleveland wants to be moved back to tackle here. Like his like after th- this year, his goal is to sign with a team that's going to put him back at his more natural position of tackle. Yeah. And I wonder if this is sort of coming to a head where the Vikings are like, you know what, dude, we're probably not going to, or, or flat out, we probably can't afford to sign you to a second contract as a guard. You're not good enough. You're going to be gone. We perhaps, I don't know, has something transpired in the first week plus of camp they didn't like, either on or off the field. And could this be an indication that the Vikings are going to try and shop Cleveland and trade him? Or worst case, he's not going to make the team. Well, the the trade thought, I think I feel like we started floating that even around like March free agency time because KJ Osborne's a free agent after the year. Ezra Cleveland's a free agent after the year. Are you going to be able to, or in, in the case of maybe Cleveland, would you would you want to pay a guard market dollar when you have two tackles that are going to be you know in the top? Like, dude, yeah, Darisaw is going to be the top paid offensive tackle of all time. If because Andrew Thomas signed with the Giants, the biggest left tackle contract in NFL history, because you know the economic uh, escalator keeps rising. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Uh, with the free agent Reisner coming in for a visit. Do you have the money to pay a guard? So if you if you're not going to pay these guys, you could just hope for a comp pick if they sign somewhere else, right? But if you could, sure. you know, if you could sign Reisner and trade Ezra Cleveland for a fifth round pick or something to some team that needs it, I it's it's an interesting thought. But moving him to right guard too is also an interesting thought if you feel like. Hey, Ingram's just not ready based on, but, but if you thought that, if you think that now, wouldn't you have thought that in week 10 last yes. year too, and made a move in the middle of the yes. season? So I don't know. 
In yeah. March, you definitely would have. So I, I think if if this whole thing was a ploy to bail on Ingram, I think you would have thought this after the season and been, been like, that was a train wreck. Can't do do that again. And signed a free agent or made a move to replace him at that point. It just seems much more plausible that something has happened with Cleveland that's not trending in the correct direction and that mm. that this is a move, a total reckless speculation, just to be very clear on my part, completely reckless speculation. But this is a move reckless speculation. with concern or or is Reisner potentially a backup? Like, are they just concerned enough about both guard spots where where they're like, we're going to bring the dude in and sign him? Because, I mean, his ability to to uh, leverage an actual contract is gone at this point. Like, he probably wants a job, so could he just be a backup? And they just decide we, we need more security at guard because we basically don't trust either the starting left or right guard. Yeah, I, I liked Reisner a lot. I wanted them to go after him earlier this offseason. To the point now, it's August. I mean, what leverage does he really have here? Um, he was really good in pass protection last year, and the offense, for the most part, is being run back with minor tweaks. Uh, obviously, Josh Oliver and his mammoth arms, uh, which I've only seen in pictures at training camp. That is for real. And then, of course, you're swapping Dalvin Cook for Alexander Madison, but Madison's been in the system still. So what's the other thing that can take this offense over the top? Well, it's probably pass protection, especially after watching the Netflix stock. I think we all knew the interior was leaky, but now after really watching that and, and watching eight episodes of that, you're like, oh my God, the interior offensive line wasn't just leaky. It was, it was mostly bad last year. So can you find another upgrade there and make your offensive line a little bit better? And that probably takes your offense from being just a fringe top 10 to maybe even being a top five offense in 2023. It kind of depends on what they want because – Dalton Reisner, according to Pro Football Focus and their evaluation, is essentially the opposite of Ezra Cleveland. So Cleveland is an excellent run blocker, very suspect in pass protection. I mean, you think about with Cleveland, you a pretty agile guy. He was a tackle in college, like Judd said, wants to be a tackle. So he, anytime you're moving a tackle to guard, you're getting a guy who's probably a little bit lankier, a little bit more agile. Him out in space as a run blocker with those big arms makes sense. Um, he's been very suspect in pass protection. Cleveland has allowed, last year, allowed 55 pressures, which was the second most of any guard behind only Ed Ingram. So 55 pressures. Risner allowed 29. Cleveland allowed 21 hits of Kirk Cousins, according to Pro Football Focus. Risner allowed six of Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson's also more mobile, yep. although he's not what he was maybe five years ago. So he's less likely to take a hit. Uh, so Risner, very good in pass protection per PFF, very low grades in run blocking. So what do you, what do you want? Would you rather have your left guard protect Kirk Cousins at a higher level, yep. but not yes. be able to create? Yes, yes. That's what that's what you want. But I, I don't. You know, we'll find out what the Vikings. But they're want. pass first team. Like if well, they don't but they, get, but do, look how much twelve personnel they're running. I mean, we saw it in camp well, yesterday. Perhaps. Can we say right. that? Am I allowed to say yeah. that? Yes, Can I yes, say yes. You can't. Urban? You can't okay. publish it, but. But the problem is that fans right now are tweeting out excellent form. Blur out, blur out my face and alter my voice. What the team was doing was they were using a lot of 12 personnel. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, Paul Rubin, God, peace, God rest yeah. his soul. But anyway, um, this is a pass first team. So the answer to your question, I think, is, and if Oliver can help them in, in run blocking, 
like the most important thing has to be to keep the pocket clean, right? Like, like this, like it's when Kevin O'Connell w- wakes up, he probably thinks about his wife and kids first. And the second thing he thinks about is how do we keep Kirk clean? Because yeah. Kirk's not going to just start scrambling. Like this is not going to be Kirk is Kirk. So there, there's no surprises there. So I actually think the answer to your question is they would take, um, some run blocking deficiencies and think that a guy like Josh Oliver could help them there, but that they want a guard that can protect Kirk. And it sounds like Reisner can. Now, what did your spies tell you about the drawbacks there, Phil? Just to go in a bit about, more depth. About Reisner? Yes. I, I didn't get specifics on it. Just that. Okay. I'm just curious. You, you, just that you might look at the PFF grades and be fooled into thinking that he's better than he is. Okay. If he was as good as the PFF grades, why is he still a free agent in the middle of his prime on August? By the way, having not broke the bank yet on a contract, right? He was a second round pick who got paid a little bit, but he's this is this is his first free agency voyage, yeah. I yeah. think. No, so, you're right. Like, why is he available? It's kind of the we didn't get into the weeds of you know like I am, technique and all that stuff. But I I am curious though. Like that that is a yeah. bit odd. Like your second contract. And guards do get paid now. It's not like it's 1986 when guards didn't get paid. So it's odd. But, yes, if you're telling me that you can clearly – he might not be a Pro Bowl player. But if you're telling me you can clearly upgrade the protection of Kirk Cousins and perhaps the tight ends can help a little bit more in the run blocking game, I will take that door as opposed to my guard can run block, but Kirk Cousins is going to be you know on his back with bruised ribs – Starting in week four. He was like the Peter Griffin family guy. He was. Ah. Meme. You're, you're right. Ah. Ah. I, never, I didn't think of that. You're exactly right. That's awesome. All right. Let's keep digging through the camp notebook here. Phil's camp notes. On to item number two. Back it back. Exotic defensive looks. It was, it was fun to watch this in person. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been... You've been tracking for a few days at practice and so to just sort of to watch how even in practice even even when they're just they're installing stuff and they're 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 kind of rotating certain groupings in and out it's just fun to watch Brian Flores with these chess pieces try to create confusion up front and it just seems like you know the, the more that we talked to Alex Boone last year too on the on the film review uh, trenches with Boone episodes and the, the, the best thing you can do as a defense when you're trying to get one over on the quarterback and the offensive line is just make it really hard to identify what's supposed to happen. Like, where are we supposed to slide the protections? Where where are the Where's the extra man coming from, right? If you can just create as much confusion as close to the snap as possible up front. Now, obviously, the more guys you bring up, they better be athletic enough to bail their asses back into coverage or, boom, Justin Jefferson's got you know, single coverage on the outside or something. So yes. there, there is an aspect of be careful what you're doing up front if you can't bail back fast enough because now you're going to be, if, if a veteran quarterback like Kirk Cousins, who had kind of a rough practice yesterday, uh, if he gets rid of the ball, it can be a 40-yard chunk play. But just, it was so much fun watching. that At one point, and I should have brought my uh, my handwritten notes here, but who's number number 20? I'm putting you on the spot right now. Well, you're get... putting me on the spot, but I've got it right here. Number twenty the in the right. number Brandon twenty Jersey in the, the defensive backfield is Jay Ward. 
Jay the Ward. fourth round pick from LSU. Jay yeah. Ward. So at one point, I don't know if I'm being too specific. Then Vikings, you can. I don't think you can be too. I don't think you can be too specific. I think the only thing they don't want is the actual footage. Okay. Like the Packers, the Packers probably don't watch us. Okay. Well, they probably do. But if you tweeted out the video, the Packers <laughs> would be like, "Goody, look at this!" At one point, Jay Ward came from the left side of the line of scrimmage across, like like across the front of the linebackers, and it, it looked like he was moving as if you would be following a like a tight end or a receiver in motion. But then he bailed on it at the snap, and he blitzes from the other side. Like he cut, so he's oh. motioning from the left to the right. Oh, okay. And maybe if you're a quarterback, you think, oh, he's <laughs> he's following someone in man coverage, and maybe you can forget about him. But boom, he comes off of it when the ball snapped, and like stuff like that. That's just, it's it's a. I saw a Matthew Collar wrote in the Bring Me the News article today. The Brian Flores, I can't remember if it was Flores or I think it was somebody speaking about the Flores uh, defense, that it's nice to be moving forward more often than moving backwards and retreating and sort of just playing that shell coverage. And that's that was one thing that really stood out to me is just the, the moving forward, aggressive, confusing nature of this 3-4 defense. The scheme is what I like to call chaos. Brian Flores employs chaos, and I mean that in a good way. But if you think about this, the schemes that don't work are the schemes that that basically rely on the scheme itself, right? Well, this yeah. is what we do. This is how we play. I, I mean, if you go back to, and in his heyday, it was really good. Mike Zimmer's defenses in their heyday. You think about things he did, different things, um, curveballs he threw. That's what we see, but it's sort of like, it's sort of like chaos on steroids because you got like – to your point, Phil, so many guys moving around and blitzing from different places or not blitzing when you think they're going to to blitz. Again, I, mm-hmm. I will say this. He's not a young man, but I think Harrison Smith is going to have a heyday because yeah. he's going to get this. I think Harrison Smith is going to I, – I think he is potentially sitting on a really big year, and I don't mean in picks. I just mean in causing chaos himself. Yeah, you can see some some TFLs. You know, on, oh, God, on run plays, yeah. you could see, you could see, I could see him coming in and, you know, tipping a pass on a blitz. Like there's all sorts of ways he could create chaos that aren't just intercepting a pass. I think it's know? safe to say that, that because that, that uh, was the first full pass practice yesterday that we both attended. I think it's safe to say that part of the reason Kirk Cousins had what I thought was a pretty atrocious practice was because of what the defense was doing. And if you recall, that was O'Connell's whole goal with Donatella. Yeah. Like the Fangio thing causes problems, and I, and 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 to his credit, said I want my I want my offense to have problems in practice, so it can get smoothed mm-hmm. out. And I mean, Kirk Cousins, the quarterbacks looked bad, and I don't think that they suddenly just both had bad days. I think it was in large part because this defense is hard to to figure out, and if you don't know what's coming, it surprises you. You know, I was. Um... I was at uh, one of the the Boone Jeremiah Cyril's uh, like they they let me come and watch one of their workouts that they're putting these college kids through workouts a few weeks back, and uh, Nick Hardwick, the former Chargers center, and now he's he's basically down like a hundred pounds and jacked like all these other guys and whatever. Yeah. So you hardly recognized him, but but he sat in on one of the film sessions, and I I only understood like 25% of what was being said. The other 75% was like, these dudes are speaking a different language. But one thing that Nick said that I'll never forget, he said, 
all of you young players, you should pray that when you get drafted, these are all offensive linemen, you should pray that when you get drafted, you face an aggressive 3-4 defense in practice every single day. Because it's going to make it so much easier to identify all of the other defenses you're going to face on actual game day on Sundays. So Ooh, this good. this might be a this might be a good thing for the offense, even if they look a little bit, you know, chaotic and disorganized early because it's training camp. To face this every single day and have to figure out, okay, who's coming, who's going. Like if you if you face a Donna Shell defense on a Sunday, or you face it more of a traditional four uh, three front where it's easier to identify what's happening because there's four down linemen. Maybe this helps the offense just facing this on a regular basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and this is what they, they want, but this is why I also, I don't believe, and this goes back. We talked about this on the emergency purple daily. We done Sunday after Hunter agreed to his contract. I do not believe this defense is going to be terrible. I actually think it's going to be mid pack. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I, you know, top 10, Probably not, but if they finish, you know, 20, I don't know, 25th or below, I'll actually be very surprised because I do think coaching and schematics and unpredictability are incredibly important. And, and to go back to what I continue to say, I think we put too much on players' names. Like, I think we're like, well, if you don't have this guy and you don't have that, you know, Eric Hendricks is gone. Okay. He's gone. But if Brian Osamoa can get this, he's got the speed and the savvy to be d- damn good. And don't forget, you know, from John Randall on on down, everybody sort of came in a- as an unknown. So it's not like, you know, guys, Keith Millard, okay, he made a name for himself, though. So yeah. I think Brian Flores gives players who have talent a real opportunity to capitalize and become names because it's not, it's not like offense in the sense where Justin Jefferson's just great, right? Like, he get, he came here great. I think defense, that certainly helps, but I think that there's also something to be said for you need to be with a coaching staff that gets it, and I think Brian Flores and his coaching staff defensively get They do get it. And I don't necessarily need the Vikings to be, I mean, yes, it'd be great if they were top 10, but I don't need them to be 17th in points and, you know, 13th in yards. My goal for them is can they be schematically good at certain things? Can they be really good in the red zone? Can they be really good on third downs? Can they be really good at sacking the quarterback and pressuring the QB? I think those are more obtainable than just saying, hey, no, they're going to be the 12th best defense. No, no, no. How can we take the players that are pretty raw on their pass and their pass protection side, and how can we make them better at rushing the quarterback or being schematically good? I think that is a better path for that defense, and having a guy like Flores at the helm will make life a lot easier making those goals happen. Yeah, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch here. The joint practices are going to be fun too because that will be more, okay, we're actually actually trying to get after, you know, Uh, a different team here. So, hey, before we get to the rest of Phil's camp notes from Vikings practice, let's shout out our friends at Surly with that before I die lager that's all the rage around the Twin Cities and beyond here. I saw stacks of it inside our local yep. liquor store. Uh, they had, they had re- I think they were out of it recently, and they reloaded. So now there's a huge uh, mountain. It's probably gone by now, too. Who knows? They're at, they're at your bar. They're at the, the store. In fact, I have seen I have seen before I die taps in Chicago. I've gotten tweets from people in Chicago. Yeah. Before I die has infiltrated Bears territory. You take that Bears and and you know as always with our friends at Surly, we encourage you to tweet us pictures, 
show us your cans. If I'm not mistaken, Declan Goff, did I not see you with a before I die sipping that gorgeous? Oh, here. look at that. We're looking at it right now at the pool. Wow, dude, that, that's that's a great Instagram photo. Look at it that. It is, right? Look at in, that, huh? We were, it was like 90 degrees nice. on Saturday. I actually, in fact, I brought one with me. And then I realized, well, I'm, we're going to be here for a couple hours. I'm going to need another one. So I had to walk all the way back, which was no problem. I grabbed a couple more. It's a great beer on a hot day. Yes. You know, it, it, it just refreshes you. It's not a too much beer on a hot day. Really good. Exactly beer. right. So, yes, check it out from, again, our friends at Surly Brewing before I die. And tweet us your pictures. Show us your cans. It's football season. Before I die is ready to go. Are yes. you? Also, it's electric bike season at EcoFun. You can stop into one of the two shops in the metro area. There's Forest Lake off 35 north of the Twin Cities and then Burnsville off 35W, the showroom on your YouTube channel here. And the electric bikes are at least 10% off retail prices and 50% off dealer freight charges. You can save over $700 on higher-end Yamaha electric bikes and up to $500 on Scootstar and Bentelli electric bikes. So check them out. Go to EcoFunMotorsports.com and tell them that uh, us knuckleheads at Purple Daily and Score North sent you in. And if you do wind up, send us a picture of that, too. It'd be kind of fun to see uh, what you're getting into over at EcoFun. And then one more shout-out to our friends over at Summit Orthopedics. As well. So I don't know if you woke up this morning or if you've had lingering pain anywhere, back pain, neck pain, joints, knees, whatever it is, no referrals are needed. And Summit Orthopedics offers same day appointments and also walk in orthopedic urgent care seven days a week starting at 8 a.m. 25 locations across the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota. Learn more at summitortho.com. Summitortho.com. All right. Let's keep going through. Macadax camp notes here of this. Daniil Hunter is back. So this was the first time he had been on the practice field since the, the hold-in and then skipping out on the OTAs minicamp. This is the first time we've seen him on a Vikings practice field since playoff week before the Giants game back in January. He was a limited participant, so he went through, like, the individual drills and, uh, you know, like the blocking sled stuff that they're doing and the handwork that they're doing, but he didn't do any team stuff. And then after practice, the assembled media gathered. Uh, and Judd, you actually heard more of it than I did because you were like, I was like down, or you, you were, were way downwind. outside. You got boxed out. I did. You got boxed it, out a little the bit. TV it was camera very unfortunate. Guys. So well, I yeah, could hear about it. half of what he was saying, but nothing worse than that. But he did say two interesting things. He said he'd love to play for the Vikings for the rest of his career. I think he said forever. He wants to play for the yeah. Vikings forever. Eating better is easy with Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try Factor Meals. They have an easy-to-use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from 6 to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time you can sign up and save and we've done the math factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious head to factormeals.com slash purple daily 50 and use code purple daily 50 to get 50 percent off that's code purple daily 50 at factormeals.com slash purple daily 50 to get 50 percent off go check out factor meals 
Um, And then he said the goal is to just sort of ease him back into full team practice because they Mm -hmm. don't want him after all of this and the $20 million deal pulling something or whatever. So they're going to, they're going to ease him back in. My guess is, I don't know. You're probably not going to see him as a full participant today or tomorrow, but what else did you sort of glean from Daniil Hunter's first day at practice in the press conference? Well, uh, first of all, I don't think the guy spent a second on his couch because as Phil can attest that he is jacked. I mean, I'm not surprised by it, but my God, yeah, like done. it's, I, I think his word was, his words were, it's going to be a ramp up. And, 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 and he seemed annoyed. Like you can tell he, he's like, I can practice right now. And believe me, he looks like he can, but I think his words were ramp up yeah. to practicing. Um, but I'm pretty confident he's going to step in and, take off he's another guy i think is potentially sitting on a huge year here because this defense i mean daniel hunter a year ago i think it was a pff stat you know drop back into coverage a significant amount more than he ever had before well i think brian flores might do that occasionally but he's not going to that that stat is going to come down pass rush up opportunities are going to go up the one thing that i saw phil that i really liked in individuals too and this applied to Hunter on the sled with the defensive linemen. It applied to the linebackers. Um, I really like the fact that there is coaching as well. Like they're not, they're not just asking them to go through drills and then like, okay, that's fine. Um, the, the defensive line coach, and I, I think I was standing by you at the same time. The defensive line coach was, was like working with with Daniel on a stance. Yeah. He was so again. There's actual coaching now that I think is going to make a difference, but I think Daniil Hunter is going to get a lot of money on a multi-year contract from somebody next March because of the success he's going to have health provided this season. Let's say he has another, he plays all 17 games, double-digit sacks. He's, by every measurement, a top-10 edge rusher still. Would you guys pay him that three-year contract? Uh, he's tw- he's going to be 29, be 29 in, a couple in October, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Oh boy, yeah, that's a tough one. I don't think so. I th- I, th- I look to draft an edge early in next year's draft. Yeah, By the way, you can like find that. a full on breakdown of that on Purple Daily on Draft with Thor and Tyler yesterday. Nice. We talked exactly on that topic. I would one hundred percent look for a first round or second round pick as an edge rusher immediately and start this new rookie contract there. Yeah, yeah probably you know, be more likely to pay Marcus Davenport because he's you younger. could you could also he, franchise tag uh, Davenport too as a security well, reason too. And Davenport for that is going to like I think Daniel Hunter in the right scheme is going to be great. Davenport has question marks too, so like if he has a huge year, he's probably gone. Um, because I don't I don't think that this franchise would use the franchise tag on a guy like that. But um, I think that Declan's right, and and Tyler and Thor are right. I think you probably if the Options are I'm going to break the bank or have to break the bank on a guy who's going to turn 30 in October of 24, or I can draft one high. I'm going to draft one high. He uh, he is huge, by the way. Marcus Davenport just kind of yeah, he's six, a big man. six. He's there was one play where Declan's guy Oli Udo was playing right tackle, and I will stand I will stand up for Oli Udo as a right tackle. He is a good backup right tackle. But man, Marcus Davenport, when he gets those that six foot six frame, that wingspan up underneath, and he gets if he gets a bull rush drive, 
he backed Ole Udo, right? I think cause uh, actually, I think maybe Jaron Hall was the quarterback on the play because it was the backup offensive line. But um, there's a couple plays where you're like, okay, I see what teams and the Vikings see in Marcus Davenport. It's time to tally more than one sack He's in 2023. You're right. Yes. Okay, keep going here through a couple more things for you guys through this notebook. Speaking of uh, long arms and getting leverage on people, Josh Oliver is a fun watch in the run game. So they go through these portions where it's it's more or less like run, like both sides know it's a run. Sometimes they'll do bootlegs and play actions, but it's like it's the front seven versus the offensive line. And Josh Oliver, there was a couple times where he'd come around the edge, maybe in a, in a motion situation, or he'd be one of two tight ends on the edge in like a 12 personnel, one running back and two tight ends. And the way that he uses though, he's athletic the way he uses those long arms to 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 seal off defenders to open lanes for runners was fun to watch yesterday. You can see the vision for Josh Oliver in purple here this year. He's a huge guy too. And here's the thing to keep in mind as well though. He has been an elite blocker as a tight end, but going back to his college career and we saw a couple of these with Baltimore too. He can catch the ball as well. Like, I think he might be a very sneaky addition to to this offense in multiple ways. Um, I think the Vikings are going to, because, I mean, we do know, and it starts with TJ uh, Hawkinson now, that Kirk Cousins loves to throw to his tight ends. But I wouldn't sleep on Josh Oliver at times helping chip and then leak out. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, so on, I'm pretty, sorry. I'm Hold bullish on. on him. Football. There we go. Take you know, a little chip. Yeah. Because he'll he'll get a jam on, right? Yep. And then leak out. And Kirk you will throw to think, him. You might think too, if you're defenders, boy, if Josh, if Josh Oliver, a non pass catching threat, engages in a block for a second, oh, that's you can just forget about him, right? Maybe he engages for a minute and then leaks out. He he's certainly not gonna be one of the top two or three guys that you're accounting for. And if he gets matched up with linebackers, maybe there is something there. Of course, like if if he was this monster pass catcher that was waiting to be unleashed. I'm sure he would have found a way or Baltimore would have found a way at some point to unleash him more. I don't know about that though. Cause Baltimore, you know, Greg Roman didn't return for a reason. And that whole thing was built around uh, attempting to make Lamar Jackson's life as mm-hmm. simple as possible. I don't know. Baltimore gave it enough thought. I'm not saying he's go- going to be a, a difference maker consistently i am saying i think there's opportunities for the element of surprise against the packers the bears the lions that's all i'm saying i think you gotta i think you got a little something there and um here's the thing too with his size dare i say this if your quarterback throws him the ball three for a three yard gain on fourth and eight josh oliver's got a hell of a lot better chance than tj hawkinson just steamroll people (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm uh, throwing that pass to anyone. I agree with you. I'm just throwing it out. I'm trying to be optimistic. This is optimistic, Judd. Uh, Okay, Jarrett, so Nick Mullins had a family situation to tend to yesterday, so he wasn't at practice. Uh, So Jaron Hall probably got more reps in practice, I'm guessing, than he ordinarily would have. God, yes. Okay, and my observation is, and they were running a lot of team stuff, too, because it was full pad. So it's like, all right, here we go. We're running... There's 11 on 11, right? And he just, my observation is he, he looked really uncomfortable in the pocket. But he's also, 
yeah. fifth round pick who's getting used. He's he's not a very big guy, so just even getting used to the size of the players in front of you and the speed of the game. I I only counted in like the ten or eleven pass attempts that I saw him in the either the team or the like seven on seven stuff. I only saw one in rhythm completion where it was snap, drop, progression, completion. And now, mind you, even when they're full pads, you can't actually sack a quarterback. More often than not, in the pocket, he would take the snap, you know, hitch, hitch, go through his reads, and then a defensive end or somebody would come in and clearly sack him, but the play continues because you can't tackle quarterbacks. Right. And then he would step up and complete a pass. So, just a, And there was a couple snap count issues. I don't know if that's on him or if it was center-related or whatever. I think it's on him. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, so, and Dane Mazzatani of the Pioneer Press did a feature on Jaron Hall, I think, in Sunday's paper. And he talked about this, and we saw it then as he got extensive work uh, because of Mullins' absence on Monday. But I think his problem started in the huddle. And w- what he talked with Dane about, and I think you saw this, is getting the play calls out because – there's so much verbiage, right? And in college, like, you look to the sideline, and it's a dog, it's a tiger, it's a cat, and, and an eel. And it's like, let's run eel. And that's that, you know, it's as simple as it gets. Now, you basically have to go into the huddle, and it, was that episode three or four of quarterback in the Netflix doc that was so fantastic with Kirk and Mahomes, you know, going through three. the verbiage? Oh, yeah. Three. Yeah, it started with like a verbiage montage. Go back and watch that. It's great stuff. But like this is the stuff that Jaron Hall has to do now. And that just flat out takes time. Yeah, just for fun, because, you know, write that down predictions and accountability session or tomorrow. Just found that article from Dame Mizutani. Looks like a great article. The headline is Vikings rookie quarterback Jaron Hall learning from Kirk Cousins. That's right. Here we go. I didn't know this was coming. Oh, great, that's great. So, do we not have to go through the ding tomorrow? Now, have you used oh, I'm your sure ding? We'll fi- I'm sure. No, I'm sure we'll Declan, find a way. What's your no, thought on this with a I'm guy sure dinging you continually? Will, loyal Chase will find a way to make this one not correct for wow. Mac and your bitterness. We got this guy in retainer. We pay him a lot, and you just are shredding him because he time a decision went, find, went against time you. Time for me to find a Phil Mackey appointed uh, legal counsel for <laughs> for Scardor. No, I love Lawyer Chase. It's fine. It's fine. It was rigged. <laughs> everything was rigged against you and write that down yes uh one more observation here for you and we will have a bonus episode of purple daily because there's a lot of really good Kirk cousins reporting and you got the mike sando quarterback ranking so we'll do another episode today too but my last observation for now is that brian o'neill is out there with a helmet on now he's doing yeah he's doing side stuff he wasn't in like the full pads but he was out there so all of his teammates were you know, in the main jumble doing first and second team offense, defense stuff. And then he was like 20 yards behind them with a couple trainers for most of the afternoon with his helmet on going through some drills. So I feel like once you put your helmet on, you know, we've seen enough practices over 15, 20 years where it's like, all right, you're going to go, you're going to do all your little workouts and stuff. But now once we get you on the field with a helmet on, it's a step toward getting you back into individual drills and then into team stuff. So, I don't know. I'm not reporting anything, but it feels like Brian O'Neill is progressing closer to joining at some point. I would be shocked if they put him in a preseason game. He yeah, might not even do much of the like joint practice stuff. They might just ease him in toward week one, but a good sign. Which is smart. Um, the, 
The one thing that I will add, and it was in a red zone drill, so keep this in mind. I don't know if this is now a competition or if this is is a situational football conversation. Mm -hmm. But in that last red zone drill we saw with the first team, Makai Blackman was with the first team at left corner, I believe. And Joan Williams was with the second team. Mm -hmm. Now, throughout this, when they've been in their traditional nickel package, not the big nickel, but the traditional one, Joan has been the extra cornerback uh, at the on the left side. So it's interesting because, one, I think it sort of drives home the point that we've been talking about, which is I think they clearly like Blackman a lot because, I mean, he's a draft pick who now is getting some first-team reps. And, two, it wasn't Andrew Booth Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is, Black, you know. Blackman, another guy that uh, just you look at him just like Jordan Addison. I don't know if it's something out in the West Coast water, but just doesn't look very big compared to his peers, but nope. still can make some plays and and, and get around. But yeah, you look at him compared to, like, Williams, and there's a stark difference in size between those two guys. Yep, so uh, Blackman is listed at 5'11", 178. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty small, man. Like, that's about the borderline for being an NFL cornerback. And Booth is, is listed at six feet one ninety four, which surprised me a little bit. I I think they're the same, but looks a, I think like Booth, Booth doesn't looks look thicker. Sick. Yeah, probably. But it, it's intriguing that it does appear that at this point in time, as far as opportunities go, and this could change as early today. But Blackman appears to be getting more opportunities first team. I don't think I've seen Booth with the first team once, and I don't think I saw it yesterday for sure. Yeah, I think he was consistently second team. Yeah. Well, there you go, boys. There's nice work, Phil's camp notes from yesterday. Yeah, you can find uh, all sorts of social media content too. Judd and I popped in at the end of practice from the practice field and just did a quick video with a couple shenanigans. And yeah, if you're not already following Score North on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and also TikTok, then you're missing out on videographer Judd's great work at training camp. And uh, we'll get back with more Camp Notes tomorrow, another episode of Purple Daily today that is Kirk Cousins-centric. And if you could help us by clicking the subscribe button and the like button on this YouTube channel here, if that's where you're watching, uh, you can help us grow the show, spread the word about the show, and the same thing on the Apple and Spotify podcast platforms. If you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review, it also helps spread the word about this daily Vikings entertainment. Purple Daily, we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.